0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Primetime action. Hour number two here on a Friday. Matt Brown. Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. and Jeff Parles here on the desk with me. We just got done talking to Drew Densick. About some MBA stuff, his thoughts, some some Wimbledon stuff. So be sure check the social medias for that. We'll have some clips up on there. But we do have a couple of first pitches still to come here uh this hour, Jeff. It looks like one, two, three different games are going to be going off for us.
1: Yes, your uh, your boy Mount Castle in the yes. Orioles. Mount Castle! Mount Castle against the Twins, Joe Ryan, Spencer Watkins. Minnesota just keeps getting money here. They're up to minus two forty on DraftKings Woo! now. Two dollars I to take
4: back for. Uh, Hold on, Castle's still in the lineup, right? Because hey, that'd this, be the only way he is in the lineup.
5: Who's pitching for the Twins and what's his like? What, what's so his, Joe,
1: so Joe Ryan has what's his actually fly ball rate or whatever. I, we can, I, I'm, you know? Matt's going to have to. What's his barrel out, rate? But yeah, I will yeah. say Joe Ryan has been a nice story for Minnesota so far this year. Really came out of nowhere and has actually been pretty good so far for the Twins. I have no interest in betting that game as Matt is efforting this fly ball rate. Yeah, there. I mean,
4: I'm I'm looking like is this
5: a home run opportunity, Mount Castle night for us, Matt? That's what I'm asking.
4: You know what I'm getting? Fifty three point nine percent fly ball rate, twenty nine point nine percent ground ball rate, um, only a twenty one point eight percent K rate on the season. So he doesn't miss a ton of bats. His xFIP is four six five. His Sierra is four two seven. So. Uh, some regression on that three two zero ERA that he's got right now, so maybe this is a Mount Castle yes home run night. Ooh, I like it. I like. It. Let's see. We, we to get find, some action. Let's though. see if we can find that here in it's Vegas. Primetime action. Can't, yeah, yeah. I think there's one shop that posts those, right? The, yeah. Well, sometimes we 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 get. Sometimes we it's get it. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: it's like, it's like all that prep, sometimes.
4: All yeah. that prep work I did for first round leader vets <laughs> Wednesday night. Oh, wait, nobody's posting them. Cool. It's like it, the answer sometimes. I mean, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. It's, it's there some days and some days it's not. Uh, so we got that one coming at you um, here in a bit. Nine and a half is the total. In that one again, we will be we'll be rooting hard for Mount uh, Castle. Ryan Ryan Mountcastle. Now in the Angels and the Astros, Michael Lorenzen and Christian Javier. Uh, Lorenzen and the Angels plus one forty road underdogs. Javier and the Astros minus one sixty five home favorites. In that one, I'm looking at the lineup right now to find that we do not. The, the typical lineup there for Houston. You talked about the big collision for Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez not in the lineup tonight for Houston. Altuve, Pena, Tucker, Bregman, Gurriel is your top five there for the Astros. So uh, no, no, uh, no Alvarez in the in the lineup tonight for for Houston.
1: Yeah, that's going to be something to monitor here, Matt, mm-hmm. because they, like I said. That was a very ugly looking collision between him and Pena the other day. Pena's back in the lineup tonight. Uh, the, the second favorite right now in most AL rookie to year mm. markets, uh, Jeremy Pena, but no Alvarez, who really got the worst of it. He got a got a forearm shiver yeah. right to the nose on a collision in shallow left on Wednesday afternoon. Just a guy that didn't play the field very
4: much in Alvarez. Yeah, like when right. I saw that like popo, I'm like, oh no. Oh, no. Yeah, it was trouble. Oh, no. And then, yeah, it's just, yeah, you, you just kind of knew something and, bad was going to happen there. And
1: then the last game in this hour, Matt, mm. is the dynamite showdown between the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Everyone running into
4: the window for this one.
1: Kelly and Sanzatella, total 11.5, minus 20 on the Astros, even money on the take back on the D backs uh, at DraftKings. You can do a little better on the dime line on both sides, obviously. But this is one of those. It's the 1st of July in Denver. We have an eleven and a half on a total. Do we just blindly
4: take it over and just root for runs, Matt at Cores? Merrill Kelly's been pretty good actually for the Diamondbacks so far this year and Oh, Merrill Kelly. I was wondering
5: why Jeff was asking me about this game. He's like, Kelly, Kelly uh, Rockies. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Continue Mer- your conversation. Merrill out. Kelly. Yes, I was like, why is Jeff asking him? on
1: like, the no, hill you're for the Diamondbacks. You, you, you've now transitioned from Montreal Canadian expert to, <laughs> to uh, Arizona Diamondback expert. By the way, quickly, I, I, mm-hmm. we, we can't forget this. Happy Canada Day to our friends hey listening yo, to yeah. us north of the border today.
4: And it's uh Bobby Vanilla Day as well. Yes, Bobby yes, day. yes
1: absolutely. 1.5? Is that
5: what it is? 1.5? 1. 1.2? 1. Yeah. yeah, and
4: he gets it until death, right? Essentially. Uh, yeah. The next
5: 15 years, I think, right? I think. I think we're 10 years into the 25
1: year Yeah, contract. I think it's mid 2030s. How awesome would that be?
5: It's amazing. Like you 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 he has to throw himself a party, right? Yeah. Like if you got that every day every year on July 1st you would throw yourself apart
4: yeah. right I mean just how like, like the wire the wire money. hits the account and you're just like there's a there's, there's <laughs> there another is. million and a half <laughs> there it is that feels good all right <laughs> I did nothing for this. All I did was just tell them that they could prorate it forever. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, and then uh, some late games we'll get to a little bit later. Padres and Dodgers, that's uh, Snell and Gonsolin with a minus 175 on the Dodgers And that one. we got the A's and Mariners coming, Caprillion versus Gonzalez. That's a minus 170 in favor of the Mariners. And then the White Sox and Giants, that is Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, minus 150 in favor of the Giants at home in that one. Kelly, run us through the games that are in progress here. The Cardinals were out to a 3-0 lead early there but that is no longer.
5: Yeah, the uh, I was trying to find our, our home run bet. I made, it about, I made it through about half the books in town. Uh-huh. Didn't see it anywhere. Yeah, uh, Cardinals Phillies, that is three apiece. Uh, we have the Cardinals minus 130 live. Phillies even money. Nine and a half year total. A game in the top of the sixth inning. Marlins with a 6-1 to one lead over the Nationals. Bottom of the sixth inning, uh, you can get in on the Nationals at 9-1 live if you want to. 10.5 your live total. Braves with a 2-1 tw- lead over the Reds, top of the fifth. Braves, minus 355 live Reds, plus 275, 7.5 your total. Brewers all over the Pirates early, 7-0 bottom of the third inning. Uh, let's see, 12.5 your live total, live money line off the board already over at DraftKings. Rangers with a one to nothing lead over the Mets. This game into the bottom of the fourth. Mets still a live favorite, minus 135. Rangers plus 105, 6.5 your total. And Royals with a 1 to nothing lead over the Tigers, bottom of the third inning. Royals minus 165. Tigers plus 135, 6.5 your live total. A couple of news and notes. One in baseball, no Manny Machado tonight for the Padres. He is not in the lineup. Uh, for them didn't see any further note about any injury concerns or anything like that and a couple notes from the NBA Warriors sign Dante DiVincenzo to a two-year deal worth 9.3 million dollars and then uh from Sam Amick over at the Athletic there's a quote significant obstacle on the Kevin Durant to Miami trade front uh from his article he writes Durant would only want to play on a heat team that includes Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry which we know is going to be a significant hurdle then for Miami to send much back to Brooklyn that they Look want.
4: they can they can send Udonis Haslam back obviously <laughs> like you know they, I mean
5: and five staffers it's a that sign needed and trade. to go meet with him yeah. it'd be a
4: sign and trade because they're they're trying to woo him as you as you said a couple nights ago I mean if guy, you want
5: yeah. a guy to tra- turn your franchise around Udonis Haslem's the man
4: uh, your 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 Mets, Jeff. Uh, Max Scherzer set to return on July the fifth. Yes, so. that's
1: uh, against the Reds. So good, poor, that's poor, a soft landing spot. Poor, for him, poor so Cincinnati good. that yes. night. In all likelihood, uh, th- that race has actually gotten very serious all of mm. a sudden because the Braves uh, decided to play seven uh, over seven fifty baseball in the month of June. Last time I checked, if you do that, that's pretty good, Matt. Yes. So that's down to three and a half and. If results hold, both of the games are only are pretty early. The one in Cincy between the Braves and the Reds and the Mets and the uh, and the Rangers. This holds. This is two and a half. It'll be the closest it's been
4: since legitimately the first week of the season. And that Braves team did get Acuna back in the lineup tonight yes. as well. He had missed about a week uh, with a bruised foot. So he is back in the lineup for... The Braves tonight as well, so certainly something that if you are if you're monitoring, you know this it, there's there is there is a different form of baseball handicapping, Jeff, which I, I think that you know some people would would scoff at. From you know me, me saying this, but honestly, listen. Not everybody can sit and wait on the overnight lines to get posted. Not everybody is sitting at their computer or on their app or something like that at you know midnight, one o'clock in the morning, looking at these opening lines or something. So there is like there is an, an alternate way, like what we're talking about here, which is why we point out to you. You know some some significant missing, guys missing from lineups, different things like that. So maybe that can at least give you, you know, some sort of some sort of lean as to which way you want to go in, in some of these games. Because the, you know, I get it. In an in an ideal world, everyone wants to be betting the very best number, the one the one that hits, and that's the one you want and all that. But like, you know. People sleep. People have jobs. There's other things that go on in life. People have kids. People have responsibilities. So, you know, you can at least look and, and like we're doing, we're trying to point out any lineup discrepancies that we see that may or may not lead a person in a, in a direction on a bet.
1: No, definitely, yeah. and, and look, doing base betting baseball on a daily basis is a grind that yes. I am not a fan no. of. Just throwing that out there, my. My baseball bets this year, really, honestly, Mm -hmm. the pandemic season of 2020 started this for me. My pre-flop baseball bets are very, very, very rare Mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, But it's just one of those where football, and for me at least, and I I know Mm -hmm. there aren't people, and not everyone's like this, obviously, but for me, we're two months away from the NFL season starting. We're six and a half weeks from college football. Mm -hmm. I'm going to save my bankroll for stuff that I actually – like betting, Matt.
4: Yeah, and I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes you can just use this this time too to just start prepping, right? I mean, like that's already underway. That's kind of what yeah, you know, and that's what we're doing here whenever we're trying to run through these these 32 teams in 32 days, which we will continue later on in the show in which we'll talk about the Baltimore Ravens as you kind of dig into this team a little bit. One it's a, it's an incredibly tough division and then two the at least a couple of the the sites out there that, you know, I at least respect, aren't incredibly high on this team heading into 2022 huh. anyway. So I think that there's some discussion to be had there for sure. So we'll we'll take a look at that. Early two run uh two two runs for the Royals. They're up two nothing on the Tigers. In that one, the Rangers up one-nothing on the Mets. The Rangers still a dog plus 120 in that one to the Mets. The Brewers are all over the Pirates early. Seven nothing there in the fourth inning. When we come back, we're going to talk UFC with Jordan Sherwood, see if there's any value to be had on this card with two title fights. It is primetime action here on Visa. Tune into VEASAN's Combat Sports Podcast, First Strike, for a full breakdown of Saturday's UFC card here in Las Vegas. First Strike is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. For UFC 276 only, all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can place a same-game parlay and double your winnings if that bet cashes. If you aren't a DraftKings Sportsbook customer yet, just download the app. Use code VEASAN, V-S-I-N, when you sign up and place your UFC same-game parlay. You can catch... First strike on Veasan's YouTube channel and wherever you download your favorite podcast. Talked about this whenever they announced they were going to do this. Whenever they allowed, whenever they were going to debut this. Jeff being able to same game parlay a UFC fight is uh, is pretty interesting because you are able to take how you believe a fight is going to go. And now listen, it's not going to always pan out. However, if it does go how you think it's going to go. And you were able to hit three bets on the same on the same fight because you know it's you think it's going to go over you think it's going to go to decision you think and you can just parlay all these yeah. things like that. It's a pretty interesting. Uh, listen, we understand you don't get paid at true odds. Save your angry tweets. But they're <laughs> allowing you they're allowing you to make a correlated parlay bet. For a, you know, if you have conviction in a way something's gonna play out, which I think is at least interesting. Hey, give me the option. I don't, you know, whatever. If I don't wanna bet it, I don't wanna bet I'm it. I'm a little
1: surprised it. that actually that's allowed. Yeah. Like they're actually letting that go. And, and and Matt, you bring up a good point where, yes, we know it's not the true odds. <laughs> we know, don't come yelling at us and saying, oh, we, we, how could I bet something that's not the true odds? Yeah. Sometimes, as Matt just said, Sometimes we just want things offered. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just want things offered. I don't want
4: to bet it, I don't want to bet it. Yeah, Yeah. that's fine. Like Whatever. I'll I'll bet it or I won't bet it. Okay. We have had him several, several different times. I'm not even going to argue with you, I don't think, this week. He is Jordan Sherwood. You can find him at WoodOn1063 over on the Twitter machine, also co-host of the Unnamed MMA podcast, Jordan. I'm not going to argue with you this week. I'm just going to listen to what you have to say about this card. I'm going to let you go on with everything. And you're going to be able to just let us know exactly how this is all going to play out.
3: Well, let's hope, let's hope I'm right. I mean, we're, we're in store for a fantastic card, uh, some great fights. And I always judge a, a fight card and how popular it is when the casual mixed martial arts fan knows some of the fighters on the card. And we got that with Robbie Lawler. we've got that with Down Cowboy Cerrone. We've got that with sugar, Sean uh, O'Malley. So yeah, fantastic fight. Which one, which one you want to talk about? Let's go. Well, look,
4: let's start. Let's start. I'm looking at the card here, and uh, we'll we'll go with your actual bets, and then we can get to your leans a little bit later if if time permits. But let's start with uh, what you like about Sean Strickland.
3: Yeah, I like Sean Strickland and in, in, in his fight against Alex Pereira because of, of just his game plan and what he's going to execute inside the octagon. He's a pressure fighter, and he's a guy that, uh, albeit has fallen in love recently with his boxing, Uh, can fall back on grappling and wrestling. And in two fights that we've seen out of him uh, and Alex Pereira in the UFC, yes, he had a flashy knockout in his UFC debut, but we've also seen a fighter that's new to mixed martial arts and succumbs to the takedowns. And I don't think Sean Strickland is going to be threatened by the flashy striking that Alex Pereira is going to be able to utilize, nor his size. He's going to pressure him. He's going to take him down. And when the fight was released, and when I looked at it, Sean Strickland was the underdog. Now he's the You know, minimal favorite, but I think the over and Sean Strickland to win and win likely via decision is the play because I don't think Alex Pereira can handle the pressure and handle the takedowns, especially for three rounds.
1: Jordan, let's uh, continue on that main card. It was news to me on Wednesday when I started looking at the card and Matt uh, uh, told me that Robbie Lawler was not only still fighting, but on on the main card Mm -hmm. here, and you actually like him in his welterweight bout. I, I do like him. I, I do like him,
3: Jeff. I think that the matchup against Brian Barberena is perfect for Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler looked good his last time out, albeit it was against Nick Diaz. and Nick Diaz is, is you know four years removed from being a significant fighter. But Brian Barberena is not going to look to wrestle. He's not going to look to grapple or, or push Robbie Lawler into a clinch. He's going to look to strike and make it a kickboxing match. And that's exactly the type of fight that Robbie Lawler likes. And Robbie Lawler is going to be successful in at this point in his career. And in that last fight, we still saw an active Robbie Lauer. He threw over 200 strikes in that fight against Nick Diaz. So Robbie Lauer looked good at the weigh-ins. He was having fun uh, at, at the, uh, the the pre-show uh, festivities a couple of days before. Perfect matchup for him. Slight favorite. I love him. And I think, albeit also, Brian Barberena. you know, look, Brian what, what is what is he known for? He's known for being a tough guy. He's known for being able to take strikes. It's not really accolades that I think, you know, Uh, you you want to put your money in on. And I also think in his last fight against the other Matt Brown, uh, he won the fight because he won it on the final 10 seconds of round number three. He was losing that fight until uh, he was able to land some strikes at the end of that fight. So I I, I love Robbie Lauer. I think it's a perfect matchup for him.
4: Yeah, Jordan, that was always... That was always a fun night. Uh, whenever I was when I was big into the uh, MMA space, uh, anytime Matt Brown would fight, and either he would win or lose, and it didn't really matter. I would get hate or love uh, all night long on the Twitter machine, and I'm like, yeah, r- wrong guy. Like, I'm n- <laughs> wrong guy. Never step, never step in the octagon, not one single time. So uh, you can save your "I suck" and all these things like that, because I mean, I do, but I'm not because of why you think. Uh, let's jump back to the undercard here, and you talk about there being guys that you know, and this is certainly the fight. If you've been paying attention, any time I don't know the last decade, uh, Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone. Now I don't know if there's any odds for this fight to get canceled tomorrow morning or not, but um, but <laughs> if it. you know, I know play seriously ball, if there it. is, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and play it. But I actually agree with you here a ton. I like this play a lot. Looking at the under in, in this one, I assume you're looking at the fact here that you know Cowboy is you know way 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 past his prime. We've seen uh, some vulnerability. In his chin of late, and Jim Miller actually coming off of uh, you know two uh, two finishes.
3: Yeah, back to back wins. Jim Miller also didn't have to worry about a a weight cut. He typically fights at one fifty five. He looked happy and filled out at one seventy. Donald Cowboy Cerrone now has gone through three weight cuts in a row in the span of about forty five to fifty days. And look, the last couple of times we've seen Cowboy, he's succumbed to pressure. He's succumbed to fast starters and guys, whether they have strikes or the ability to take the fight to the ground, he's just not the same Cowboy. Alex Morano, who's not a finisher at all, uh, finished him in in the last time that we saw Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Jim Miller's looked good in his last two fights. He's got four finishes in his last four wins, and I think he he gets another finish. I think Jim Miller certainly is a play to to stop in your parlay, but uh, couple that with the under at one and a half, and Jim Miller inside the distance are all recommendations that I have. Because, look, it's just not the same Cowboy. It's not a good matchup for him because Jim Miller is a fast starter, and Donald Cowboy Cerrone now has been a notorious slow starter uh, his last three or four years in the UFC.
1: Jordan, let's go to the main event. We'll head to the leans portion of the card for you. Adesanya, Cannoneer, of course, a fight we've been waiting for for a while here. Uh, what, what, what's, what, what direction are you looking to play this one?
3: Yeah, I, I think Israel Adesanya is on another level. I mean, he's a special middleweight. His fluidity, his striking, his ability to understand timing and distance, and plus his great takedown defense, or when he is taken down, because we've seen it lately, uh, he, he doesn't get hurt. You know, he's able to get right back up or avoid damage. Jared Cannonier is another guy that's you know, doesn't have great wrestling. He's got some leg kicks that I think maybe some Adesanya backers will worry about. But I'm not. I think this is a typical Israel Adesanya fight, a five-round, unanimous decision victory. So obviously the odds don't really favor Adesanya to win straight up. I like his odds to win on the judges' scorecards because that's what he's been doing. Outside of the Paulo Costa fight, he's been winning uh, by unanimous decisions uh, his last five or six times in the octagon. I think he does it again tomorrow night.
4: So let's take a look at the uh, the co-main event. Also a title fight here in Max Holloway coming in, trying to take that belt away from Alexander Volkanovsky. What do you kind of see? I mean, Volkanovsky about a minus 200 favorite in this one. You can get about plus 170-ish on Max Holloway if you want to go that direction. How do you see this one playing out?
3: Yeah, I I grabbed Max Holloway earlier in the week. I just like the value at at, at plus money and plus for him to win via decision. I I actually scored the second fight for Max Holloway. Several people scored the first fight for Max Holloway. His volume, his precision, his pace is just something to behold. He did take some, uh, some time off in that fight against Yair Rodriguez, which worries me a bit. And also how judging lately has been scoring more fights for significant damage that would favor Volkanovsky, but I think Max Holloway is ready. I, I talked to both fighters earlier this week. I think he's ready. He's just going to outpoint. We're going to get a similar fight like we did the first two times, but this time the judges are going to favor Max Holloway, and we're likely going to have a fourth fight between these
1: two outstanding featherweights. Jordan, uh, about, a, about a 30 seconds here for this last answer. Anything else on this card that you're looking at? I
3: like Andre Munoz over Uriah Hall earlier on in the prelims. Uriah Hall struggles with guys that look to take a fight to the ground. That's what Munoz is going to look to do. So look for Munoz to win inside the distance, win via submission, maybe even win in round one uh, because that's his game plan to get Uriah Hall quickly out of there.
4: You can find him on the Twitter machine at WoodOn1063. He's the co-host of the Unnamed MMA podcast and helps us out here on Vison with a lot of preview stuff for all the UFC fights. He's Jordan Sherwood. Good luck this weekend, buddy.
3: All right, guys. Mad Jeff, thank you.
4: Yeah, I um listen. I was on the under Kelly. If you remember the last time Don, uh, Cowboy was going to fight, and that fight got canceled. I, I still I really do yeah. like that underplay here in this one. As well, I mean, these are these are guys that have been around a long, long, long time. Your body, at some point, eventually just can't can't take it anymore. So I do like that one a lot. A full endorsement. Let's go a in, the, in en- my account. A full endorsement here on uh, on primetime action. We continue with 32 teams in 32 shows with the Baltimore Ravens. It is primetime action. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. That is 31 days of goodness. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, uh, premium articles on golf, UFC, NASCAR, and USFL telling you why the stars are going to win the championship. If you want all the VEASAN experience, which includes a daily best bets email, Every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, a live video player, whenever you want it. Cost, it's only 19 bucks. Subscriber through July the 31st. Sign up now. vsi slash summer. vsin.com slash summer. We are looking around. There are, uh, you, you, had a, you had an interesting little tidbit on how your Mets have <laughs> taken a nice lead here over the Rangers. Yeah, so... Slump-busting inning
1: for the Mets, by the way. (laughs) Lindor breaks his 0-for-11 with a hit. Canna breaks his 0-for-14 with an RBI double. Guadalasco has really had a miserable year at the plate for the Mets. Uh, Gets a 3-1 pitch. That is clearly about a ball and a half high. (laughs) Home plate umpire calls it a strike. Next pitch, he puts it into orbit. Uh, The Rangers just got one back. Nathaniel Lau just hit a very long homer as well. So that's now four to two. Ball is uh, flying into in New the York top tonight. Of, yeah, at least <laughs> the, at least the last uh, inning, uh, it's been flying. That was a very long one, just to the far left of that uh, of that uh, second deck and right f- at City Field. But yeah, four to two, top five now. Uh,
4: Mets and Rangers, Mets
1: leading, and the Mets are going to need that because the Braves are still leading in Cincinnati, two to one, Matt.
4: We are looking around. We did get going in Minnesota. We're in the bottom of the first there. They've got a couple of guys on against the Orioles. Still 2-1 to one in favor of Atlanta over Cincinnati. And 6-3. Uh, to three. Marlins over the uh, Nationals as we sit right now. Brewers still destroying the Pirates 9 to nothing over there. Phillies have taken a lead now over the Cardinals. Come all the way back from that 3-0 deficit to be up 4-3.
1: You see this kid Hall that they just brought yeah. up? He homered again. That's Hilmer'd what it again. Took, That's what it took the lead. Uh, All right. So, three homers in two <laughs> days for Derek Hall, who's made his major league debut yesterday
4: and, and has three homers in and two I days. think he's one of those like like kind of mid 20s guys, too. Like 26 I think he, years old. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. like he, he spent a decent amount of time in, in the minors before they actually called him up. And here he is, three bombs in two days. Good on him. That's the way to do it, Jeff, if you're going to be able to it's do it. It's not bad. Yes. not a bad existence. So we wrapped up the AFC West whenever we've been going through our 32 teams in 32 days. If you haven't caught, if you need to get caught up on that, of course, you can head to the Twitter machine. You can go to YouTube as well, Kelly. All over YouTube, yeah. All over the YouTube as well. I post those every night. There you go. So work. Head over to the Vston YouTube channel. And if you're not already a subscriber over there, go in and subscribe. It is one click of a button, and then the stuff just gets – you get notified whenever we put cool stuff on the channel. So uh, all of these are going up on there, so be sure if you missed any of the AFC West to go in and grab it. But let's continue on here. 32 teams and 32 shows. Football never stood a chance. AFC North. Let's go. Grave digger. <laughs> Big um, All right. So Baltimore Ravens 8-9 last year. Last in the AFC North. Started off the season 8-3 and, and then six straight losses to end the season. Their first losing season since 2015. Missed the playoffs for the first time since 2017. Lamar Jackson started 12 games. Tyler Huntley starting, uh, what, four or five games, I guess, for them. Something like that. Uh, don't forget the Josh Johnson game. Yes, yes, yes. The Josh Johnson game as well. I forgot about that. Um, so this team, if we start to really kind of take a look at this team from top to bottom here, Jeff, it is, you know, coaching staff, obviously, you know, uh, we know where this is at the top. One of the very best head coaches in all of the NFL. That being said, look, he has had to really try. I don't I can't really say Harbaugh had a fair shake at this here over the last couple of seasons because this team has been so incredibly injured. I mean, they have been... The recipient of some really, really unfortunate injury luck. And we talk about this a lot of times in betting. If we're going to make a futures bet on a team, we're betting on the injury luck going in our direction, right? Like, we don't if the starting quarterback goes down for half the season, we're going to lose that futures bet. If we're, if, you know, if a key wide receiver or a key guy, uh, you know, on the offensive line goes down, we're going to lose more games and probably end up losing that futures bet. Well, if you've had a futures bet on the Ravens the last couple of years, you've been on the wrong side of variance when it comes to injury luck because they're losing guys in, in training camp. They're losing guys first week of the season. They're losing guys in preseason. It's been it's been rough for them. Yeah, well, last year was was the worst of the worst mm-hmm. because they were eight and three, and
1: then totally melted the last six weeks because of the injuries. There's only so much you can take. Mm-hmm. Where the whole offensive line gets hurt, Lamar gets hurt. Uh, Huntley was as good as you could have hoped for, right. and it still didn't matter. They end up eight and nine, missing the playoffs. The previous years years he had dealt with injuries, but 2020, they had the Bills on the ropes until the pick six in the divisional round. They were the number one seed in 2019, and I I don't want to say they choked, Mm. but they choked against the Tennessee Titans as the one seed at home, Uh, losing that game as a double-digit favorite with the home field advantage looming to get to a Super Bowl finally yet again after, of course, the miraculous Flacco run uh, almost a decade ago now, as amazing as that is. But, but, man, I'll say this with Baltimore. You look at the AFC North as a whole. You have a new quarterback in Pittsburgh, a totally new era. Mm-hmm. You have Cleveland where we, do, we will not see yeah. Deshaun Watson for at least half the season, mm-hmm. maybe longer, depending on what ends up happening there. And any of the Bengals who have this really easy first half of the schedule and then get murderer's row mm-hmm. the last half. Baltimore's in this scenario where I think they are the proper favorites based off mm-hmm. the schedules because they have a last-place schedule for this, only the second time under Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a healthy Lamar Jackson yet again. You open the season with four straight games against the AFC East where if you're going to be good – you're going to win 3 of those 4 games. Yeah. You're going to win at the Meadowlands week 1. You're going to beat Miami in your home opener and you're either and you're going to split between Foxborough and getting Buffalo at home. So what a for stupid me, Baltimore is the one team that I think will really improve from what we saw last year just
4: because you're right. The injury variance is going to go their way. Yeah, I mean before they even played a game last year and anyone that Anyone that drafted too early in fantasy football well knows uh, J.K. Dobbins goes down. Yep. Then Gus Edwards became the the all the rage because they're like oh this is a run heavy team. We're, I'm Gus Edwards is going to be the guy. He's going to end up being a top ten running back in fantasy football. He goes down as well. So anyone that played last year certainly knows about the injury luck they had at the running back position. And then Marcus Peters goes down as well. So three you know major contributors for this team go down. And you know before we get into the whole running backs don't matter thing, running backs matter for this squad. Like there is there's this is a Correct. different type of offense. This is a different type of build than the than the rest of the NFL right now, and we'll actually talk about that as we really start to break down these different units because this team is is built a little bit differently than some of these other other squads out there. So if we take a look, though, at, uh, at you know kind of who who's in and who's out, the other big news here is Hollywood Brown getting traded to the Cardinals, so he is gone, and that's kind of a head scratcher at least a little bit from a from a well, one we were wondering why the Cardinals would would want him in the first place, and then two, even the Ravens wanting to get rid of him strictly for ass just strictly from the standpoint, Jeff, that they they don't have anybody. I mean, like this is this is literally. I mean, we'll we'll break down the what PFF kind of has these position ranks at you know these all these units, but I can tell you right now, they are at the very very bottom <laughs> when it comes to to receiving cores, and you know it's going to be it could be tough sledding. For them, um, listen. Not, not that Hollywood Brown. I'm not trying to say that he's a, a game changer or anything. He certainly, I think, has what middling performed, maybe underperformed a little bit from what we thought. An average he, wide receiver, yeah, about right an average now. guy. But that being said, when when you have nothing behind him, I think that the that certainly can be felt.
1: Well, you drafted Bateman for a reason, right? You use the high pick on him to be a number one wide receiver. So you hope he takes the leap this year after a, an injury plagued. Disappointing year last year. Look, the other wide receivers on his roster are bad. There's no arguing that. Yeah. Duvernay a, is a, is a kick returner. Uh, James Prochet, you have no idea what you're getting out of him. Uh, Jalen Moore, Tylen Wallace, like I, just the names are are bad at wide receiver. But the one good thing Baltimore has, is we know, they have a legitimate top four tight end in the league. Yeah, no. So and Mark is- Andrews is going to have to have another big year which we know he's more than capable yeah, of that. that's a saving
4: grace for sure if you're trying to kind of rate these pass catchers. Um, some big signings for them, though, in the offseason. Marcus Williams comes in to play safety for them. He gets a big contract, big five-year deal from them. He is certainly a great addition to that defense. Morgan Moses comes in to play right tackle for them. That's a big signing on the offensive line, so that is certainly a, a big pickup for them. If you take a look, they were able to re-sign Calais Campbell as well, which, again, is, is that's just – being able to keep him as an addition. Kyle Fuller comes over, see if there's anything left in the tank for him at the cornerback position. So they do have him as well. So that is something that, that we can, you know, at least we want to try to point at as some positives here. Uh, in the draft, Kyle Hamilton, a safety in the first round. They took Tyler Linderbaum, a center in the first round as well. Linebacker David Ajabo in the second round, defensive tackle Travis Jones in the third. Then they had six fourth-round picks, in this draft, six fourth-round picks in which they took a, an offensive tackle, a corner, a tight end, a punter, another tight end, and a cornerback. Six fourth-round picks. But not the punt god. For the, But not the punt god, yes. But not Boo. the punt god. It was Jordan Stout. Penn State. In, uh, in the fourth round there. But six fourth-round picks. But uh, they did at least refill some positions for some of these other things that uh, they lost in free agency and trades. We'll take a look at all these positional rankings as well. And our final thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens coming back
0: at bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky
5: Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
4: Primetime action here on a Friday, Matt Kelly, and Jeff will continue on with 32 teams in 32 shows with the Baltimore Ravens. We talked at the uh, last segment here about some of, the, some of the look the moves that they made, which I think are really good. Marcus Williams is a very good signing Morgan Moses is a very good signing. I think they did well in the draft as well to get all those middle-round picks and at least get some depth at some of these positions because, as we just mentioned, the big thing for them has been injuries, and so being able to go in six fourth-round picks and being able to get some depth in there for this squad as well as something that I think can certainly work in their favor. But, if we do want to like you know start to to look at what this team did last season and how they could improve this season, if we go to Football Outsiders, they were 19th overall as a team DVOA, which was 17th on offense and 28th on defense. And so what you have here is a little bit below average team, which is shows in the record where they finish eight and nine. So a little bit below average as well, a little bit below 500. Um, Sharp football has this as the 11th easiest schedule, though, in 2022. So despite the fact that they are playing in a division with you know, the Bengals who are coming off of a Super Bowl appearance with the Browns, who at least on paper, outside of whatever's going to happen at the quarterback position, at least on paper, has a very talented roster, um, you know, might not come to fruition if, if Jacoby Brissett has to play the whole season for them. And, uh, you know, kind of a wild card ish type team in in Pittsburgh because we don't really know what that quarterback position is going to to uh, produce for them. So what uh, Warren also has them is projected at 9.65 wins. You can see that the win total is at 9.5. So really no value there on them at all in the yes or the no um, to go over or under there. Uh, I, I look at it like this. So... Jeff, when I look at this division, we know that we're getting two games against uh, Cincinnati, against Cleveland, against Pittsburgh. You're you're hoping for a split against Cincinnati. You're hoping to sweep the Steelers, and then the Browns is a wild card because again, we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback and all that. I think at this point, as we sit today, they're probably all they're you're, they're probably hoping for a sweep. Um, but you know, I think even they would take. A one and one here. So when we look at the schedule that is again by by Sharp Football ranked the 11th easiest. I mean it's a nice nice way to start with the Jets. Then you look here. What are the Patriots going to be here in year two of Mac Jones? I think they'll be fine. I think the Ravens should be better than them. You get the Giants in Week Six. Do they take a step forward? Brian Dayball at, uh, at head coach there. Can they finally get anything out of Daniel Jones? Then we go. You have the Panthers and the Jags back-to-back after a Week 10 bye, Week 11, Week 12, Panthers-Jags. Broncos, do they mesh? We don't really know. We'll find that out as well. And then the Falcons, you get a nice little Week 16 respite there against them, who are projected to be one of the very worst teams in all of the NFL. So, you know, look, not, not super, super easy, but this is certainly a manageable and navigable schedule. Well, it's kind of like
1: the Raiders the other day mm-hmm. when we talked about the middle of the schedule being mm-hmm. the easiest for them. You look at Baltimore's schedule again. We're we're going to assume Deshaun Watson's not going to be there in Week Seven. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe assumption at this point. That middle of the schedule, starting in Week Six and going to Week Twelve, other than Tampa, the expectation should be Baltimore is favored in every one of those games, mm-hmm. and. You look early in the year. They're a favorite at New York. Yeah. You're probably going to end up being about six when that's all said and done. I really do think that it's going to balloon mm. by the time we get to that game in September.
4: And maybe the best – buy I, I bet you if you pulled all the NFL GMs and even the players themselves, I think a week 10 – or 11 by 9, 10, 11 or, yeah, is where you want it it Would be now. like, would be where they would say, like, yep. they would just love that. Like, let, let's, let's get a rest in the middle of the season and then hit that second half and, and go after it hard. So I, they, I think the bye week even feel, feels yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it for lands in a good spot.
1: Yeah. And, and look, for Baltimore, it's all going to come down to how do you play your division this year? Mm-hmm. Because you can make an argument, even with Watson potentially gone the whole year, that Cleveland could still make the playoffs. If Jacoby Brissett overachieves or if somehow they repair the bridge that has been severely burned with Baker Mayfield. So if you're Baltimore, you go four and two in the NFC North this year, or excuse me, in the AFC North, you're making the playoffs. If you go over 500 in your division and you look at the way the schedule breaks, it is back loaded. Five games, or excuse me, four out of the last five are in division. Mm-hmm. So you're going to, it. they could very easily have a pretty nice record going to those last five weeks. If you go one and three, 0 oh, and four in your division, get swept by Pittsburgh, you're not going
4: to get there. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. ESPN actually has this roster ranked – and listen, like we said, they made some good signings. They get some guys back healthy. um, Actually has this team ranked 12th overall in the NFL as far as as roster rankings and what it looks like, at least on paper, right? I mean, still have to go out and perform on the field, but at least on paper has them as the 12th most talented roster in the NFL as we head into 2022. Pro Football Focus has them as the 11th ranked power-rated team heading in. Into uh into this season and again a lot of that has to do with the fact that you do have a very a you know a a, a nice and experienced Lamar Jackson at this point and what they were able to do on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball especially what they're going to be able to do from a uh, from the uh, from the secondary I think this is the biggest strength. Of this team, they they add Marcus Williams, they draft Kyle Hamilton, they pick up Kyle Fuller, they have Jalen Armour Davis as well as another guy that can contribute. Demarion Williams is another guy in the secondary that can uh, that can contribute. I mean, we're talking about again, barring health and assuming that Kyle Hamilton, as a rookie, is able to step in and and perform at a level that we think you know at, at least a, above. Uh, expectation from, you know, league average or something like that. I mean, he's a first-round pick. He should be able to to be above league average. This is a really, really good secondary for them on paper anyway. No, and well, remember, again, this goes back to the injuries last Mm -hmm. year. When you lose
1: arguably your best corner before the season even starts, like they did last year with Marcus Peters getting hurt in practice, Mm -hmm. you're already behind the eight ball. So, look, it's one of those where I'm okay with throwing out a lot of the numbers defensively yep. they had last yep. year. Yep. I agree. And they change coordinator, I don't think they needed to do that. I think Wink Martindale yeah. is one of the better coordinators in the league. You bring McDonald in from Michigan, you give him another crack at the NFL level. We know he did a good job at at Michigan last year. But I look, I'm willing to throw out a lot of the numbers we saw defensively from Baltimore last year just because of the amount of injuries they took. And, look, I know people went after the picks they made in the first round. Yeah, I loved what they did. I, I thought they it was good, too. They picked two yeah. guys who fit that franchise perfectly. A guy who fell because he was slow at the Combine, and Kyle Hamilton, mm-hmm. when you watched him at Notre Dame, he was the best player on the field in almost every single game he played. And a Linderbaum, who is the best center of the last – Six, seven years in the draft to me. Yeah. And Linderbaum is going to be an impact player right away. Hamilton's going to be an impact player right away. Yeah. Uh, the, the Ravens are set up here, Matt. They really are set up to say last year was just a blip on the radar. We had too many injuries. We had a bad stretch when we got off to a great start because of said injuries and it will flip back to what we normally expect out of this team every year to be in the postseason yet again.
4: Yeah, offensive line should be at least league average, if not better than league average. Ronnie Staley uh, and, and Tyler Linderbaum are going to be a key to all of that. Of course, we said they added Morgan Moses. We know he's going to be able to play. The big thing, the reason I say a key from Ronnie, Stan- uh, Ron- Ronnie Stanley standpoint is because he's awesome when he plays. The thing is, he's only played 380 snaps the last two seasons. When he's on the field, he has graded out incredibly high. Incredibly high, according to Pro Football Focus. But the problem is... Is that he's just not been out on the field very much. Um, On the defensive line, look, should be solid. They're gonna need some, uh, they're gonna need OA to kind of step up here in year two and, and be able to get a little bit more pressure than he got as a rookie. So there's certainly that. But I do like this, you know, getting, re signing Calais Campbell is certainly huge. For this team as well. It really does come down to this receiving core and whether they're gonna be able to move the ball, Jeff, whenever they whenever they have to, right? Like you lose Hollywood Brown and that's all fine and dandy. Like, you know, again, we're trying to say we're not in love with him. We don't think that he's the he's the greatest or anything like that. But now you're going into this you're going in this season with Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, like I mean, it's, it, like, it's a bad it, receiving yeah. core. These are guys that are going to have to contribute like instantly for for this squad. And so when you're one and two or Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay, man, I uh, it's tough. I it's have tough. some questions. Yeah, and then look
1: at it, again, it really does come down to are they able to block like they did in mm-hmm. the past in the run game. And how big of an impact is Mark Andrews going to be able to still have? Yeah. So, I, look, I, I trust this coaching staff. I trust Harbaugh. Yeah. I, I, if Lamar stays healthy – they should be back in the playoffs, especially with that easy schedule that yeah, Jim
4: mentioned. I do like them as a playoff team. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger on them to win the division, though. I I still think Cincinnati takes a big step forward this year with that offensive line uh, completely revamped and Joe Burrow not having to run for his life all the time. So I think that you know what they have there at the quarterback position and the wide receiver position, I think they could still be pretty tough. But I do like what we're going to be getting out of the Ravens. Hour number three of primetime action here on a Friday when we come back.
0: If you dare. work.